Hello. Hello, Merlin. Ah, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Mmm. Mm. I'm doing very well. I started watching uh started watching Deadpool. Deadpool. It's a good pretty good movie so far. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, that was a weird one for me. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh the first time in the theater. Eh, liked it okay. I bought it, saw it again, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, first viewing i thought it was a breath of fresh air yeah very different from especially the other sort of superhero movies that are around and it doesn't as as i think would be very expected for a deadpool movie it doesn't take itself too seriously it's fun enjoying it so far there's lots about it that's different i mean there's the i think they got a lot right about deadpool Deadpool. I mean, it, you know, how you choose to portray Deadpool. I thought it was the way that Ryan Reynolds does him is very fun. The cast is fun. But also it's um, it's different, as you say, like it's different in tone very much. And obviously there's a lot of fourth wall breaking. It yeah. does not take itself seriously. But it's also a little bit ambitious with the storytelling, I thought. I thought the way that, you know, it it, it uh, treated us kind of intelligently with how it was uh, compressing time mm-hmm. with their relationship. How far in are you? Uh, halfway. Yeah. I would like to see a little bit more budget on going to Colossus. Yeah, I, uh, that didn't look, he doesn't look great. And the, the, the girl, she's, I mean, she is technically a, an X-Men mutant, but like she's, is she supposed to kind of, is this, a, is that a workaround on copyright? Is she supposed to kind of be, who am I thinking of? Not Domino. Who's the one with the black eyes? Um... Domino? I don't know. Who's the cool one with the not Domino's Pizza? Google, <laughs> Google. Um, I enjoyed it a lot, and I like the I like the lady from that TV show, Domino. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. I couldn't tell who she's supposed to be. Domino, kind of like a Kitty Pride, kind of like a little bit of a Domino. Isn't Domino a Rob Liefeld? I'm, lo- I'm looking at the Rob Liefeld. Oh, that's that's supposed to be Domino. I, I mean, kind of. You yeah. know what I mean? I think it's a Ramona Clay. I see it. That's but, like a no, golem. She's right? fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mazatov. I was reading um, about that over the weekend. <laughs> do what? Reading about golems over the weekend. I'm interested in golems. I need to learn about that. Do go- golems are not in the Bible, right? It's a. It's more of a. I, I think they. Yiddish. I think there was. Yeah, whether or not it's in the Bible, I don't think it was in Jewish folklore. But it's more See, like I folklore. Think it's a post. Yeah. Yeah. Golem is an animated anthropomorphic being that is magically created entirely from inanimate matter, specifically clay or mud. You can have different golems in D and D if memory serves. Yeah, you can make any kind of golem. I think the way they were were the ones in D and D more like like a you could have like could you have like a fire golem and an earth? Golem? Oh yeah, you could you could have obviously you can have clay. It's kind of like you know different kinds of boots you can get. You can, <laughs> you can get clay. You can I think you can get fire. Uh, you can you can get popcorn. You can get uh, Galaga, uh, all kinds of golems, whatever whatever you have available. And I think they call it a shtetl. <laughs> that's right. That's what that's called. Yeah. They, they, they say lots of words like that. Like instead of school, they say shul. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. Right? Or instead uh-huh. of Samuel, they say shmuel. <laughs> it's a lot like fake Japanese. If you just kind of keep saying it consistently in a funny way, that's Yiddish. When, when, I, went to, uh, when I went to South Korea in like late, I think it was 99, 2000. You know, you'd hear, and there's there's a word for that where a language adopts a word from another language and makes it slightly accented. There's a word. A, a loan word. Yeah. Like, in this case, the word was apartment, 
And in, in South Korea, they say the word apartamentu. Oh, that's so cute. I'm like, okay, well, that's clearly you're saying apartment, right? And, and so we were staying with the colonel. And the colonel, he'd spent time in America. He was is, fully... is he a famous character in South Korea, Dan? Do you know who that is? <laughs> he was a famous, he was a famous uh, colonel in the, in the Korean, South Korean that's Army. Why he's, that's why he's the titular colonel. Yeah, well, I mean, how many colonels? First of all, how many colonels do you know? Three. And how many colonels do you know in South Korea? This is the That's one. That's a really good point. You it's know what? One. You're absolutely right. Okay. I withdraw the remark. <laughs> so he, uh, he, we were talking about it, and I said, you know, it's interesting how you guys kind of like bring in some, some words, like a, a, a potamentu. And he's like, That's a Korean word. I'm like, What mm-hmm. is it Korean for? He's like, It's, you know, for a small place. You live in a building, I'm like, an apartment. And he's like, <laughs> No, it's a patamentu. I'm like, that's our word. He's like, no, it isn't. <laughs> so then I had to leave Korea. Yeah, that's that's what they do there. I think actually that we might have borrowed it from the French. So it's a, there. Do you think they borrowed it from the French? Uh, no, no. It's like we stole it from the French and they borrowed it from us. It's kind of a, a Ned Flanders' lawnmower type situation. <laughs> I think. I think. No, I, I'm fascinated by that. Well, no, you know, let's. There's a you, name for that though, isn't there? It's called a loan word. It's really called a loan. I thought you were just coining that. Loan word. Loan word. A word adopted from a foreign language with little or no modification. L O A N. Like it's on loan. Oh, you thought it was like a lone wolf. Like lo- like lo- lonely. Lone word and cub. Lonesome. Lonesome. Be lonesome. Never lonely. That was the advice I heard. <laughs> if you're gonna sit in a bar, you want to look lonesome, not lonely. <laughs> Words mean things. <laughs> Um, now here's the thing with the French. How many times have, how many times have I literally begged you not to get me started on the French? There's no too many well, to count. Yeah, and they're the worst because first of all they're the French and they are so hung up about the uh, integrity of the language, right? So you know they're they're really big at that. But here's the thing: they're constantly borrowing words from us. So it's totally normal to walk around in France and say. Le fax, le weekend, pullover. You know what a pullover is? No. It's a sweater. Pullover. England, yeah, in England they call that a jumper and it's got two U's in it. Ah, screw England. Mm-hmm. Well, first the, of all, we the, don't have any listeners, so we can say whatever we want about them. That's right. The two, two U's, that would be the second person plural. Heard a very good podcast today on the changes in pronouns over time. Uh, it's a Slate podcast called Lexicon Valley. It's a very interesting show. I discovered it because I'm a, I'm a Slot Plus member. See, now there, we're borrowing from the French. I'm a Slate Plus member, so I get all these uh, this, this big barf of shows, and I ended up really loving uh, Lexicon Valley. So you go, you go to, like, um, like, 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 what's the, what's the thing, the, the and thou to... to that, that was what the whole episode was about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it was super interesting, and, and the, the change in time over... Basically, it's about the problem in English of not having like an official plural second person and how we work around that. And and then it gets into the pronoun stuff with things like gender. It was very interesting. But like for a long time, I'll get this backwards probably. But yeah, you would use you and now differently. And he even cites an example from King Lear where uh, the title character is using you and thou differently in a conversation with his daughter, depending on like what shade he wants to throw, right? But then you get into stuff like, think about it, like how do you say you, like to second person plural? You got to say, what do you say, yous, you guys, y'all? Mm-hmm. We don't really have a good word for that. Ustedes. 
Yeah. Now, now Scott Simpson says there's a very popular pizza. This is from an old program I used to do. Scott Simpson says there is a popular kind of pizza in the country of Japan that is uh, tuna, corn, and mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, God. And then I, I won't pronounce this as wonderfully as Scott Simpson. You know what that pizza's called? No. Tuna corn mayonnaise. <laughs> Hi. But that's a Spanish word, cone. See. Si. See. Si. Oh, yeah. Vaya, vaya corn dios. Yeah. That means walk your corn with God. Yeah. Can't flip the pig. How you doing? Uh, pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared. Beans. Are, you, are, you feeling, are you feeling better? Yeah, I feel good now. Fine. Oh, boy, if I got anecdotes for you. This is I the best so I've felt in a long time. Is that right? You're right on the edge. Don't know what comes next. Mm. I hate it when you tweet that. It always scares me. Well, I'm going to tweet it right now. Oh, don't do it. It scares me. Yeah, you, right sound, you sound like you're in a bad place when you do that. Right on the edge. Is that, is that Steve Zissou that says that? I don't know. Okay. What comes next? Right on, yeah. the, edge. Right on the edge of something. Tweet. You? 88 really? characters left. You? Okay, there you go. Really? What? Smell? Like? No. Uh, oh. yeah, that was, uh, that's uh, Steve that says that. Yeah. The titular, titular At the party. Steve. My phone was charging um, by the bed. My wife had taken a, a rare nap. And uh, she suddenly hears, unacceptable! Because <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> when my phone rings, that's the sound that it makes. Yeah. Which I will play for you right now. I have so, while I'm looking for that, I have so many anecdotes for you. Um, I want to say Thursday. This coming Thursday? Unacceptable! <laughs> unacceptable! That's when my phone rings. That's good. I'm going to call you pretty early in the morning. One oh day. boy, you're gonna go through True Collar. I got follow up <laughs> on True Collar also. Yeah, True Collar and hiya, hiya. Hi oh geez, now I'm launching iTunes like an animal. Stop it! No, I don't. No photos. No iTunes. Stop. Oh Jiminy. Okay, let me quit these. No, I don't want the new software. Ugh, Dan. Everything. Everything is such a trial. Thursday, pick my kid up at school. Um, the teacher maybe Wednesday. The teacher is at sixes and sevens. She is unusually flustered. And you know what happened? In the course of the six-hour school day, five different children in my daughter's class, almost a fourth of the kids in my daughter's class, had to go home because they were sick. Because of the lice. Well, no, we got lice, too. We're in its ponytail season right now. Uh, We got the lice again. Um, But uh, no, think about that. So you're saying to yourself, oh, that's a bummer. Five kids stood up and threw up and they went home. No, through the day. Like five different kids at five different times were like, ugh, mm. I got to go home. That sucks. So we got through that. I was going to tell you about the sleepover this weekend. Oh, man. I don't want to hear about that. Um, seven third grade girls. Seven? Seven third grade girls. No way. No way. Yeah. Oh, no way. I got to tell you about that. Um, we'll get to that. How are you feeling? You're feeling better. How is your family? Is your family feeling better? Yeah, they're fine. Yeah. I was the last one to get it. Ah, oh, geez, Louise. Oh, there's no justice in this world. No. But I've got, I mean, I've got a topic prepared. You got a I don't, topic? I know you like the ones where I prepare, so I, I love the prepared. ones where you prepare. And you did what I, what I you asked said, you to do. You said do it, and I did it. You did it. I'm, 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 I'm um, curious to hear about... Your topic. Can I can I do some uh, odds and I know you like the odds and sods. I love I've them. Yeah. Prepared some odds and tods. Okay, so I've, I've odds and tods. So I've covered how you're feeling. Okay, that's good. Um, so you haven't done your hue lights yet, right? 
No, because of this. What about that book, uh, So Good They Can't Ignore You? Have you read that yet? Uh, I got it. I haven't read yeah, it. Me too. Me too. Okay, well, I'm done with that follow-up. Um, <laughs> so I've been uh, past this prologue, Dan. For a long time, we on the iOS uh, ecosystem sphere have been wanting a way to deal with nuisance calls, spam calls, all the kinds of numerous kinds of calls. We've talked about this in the past. They finally, with iOS, finally, with iOS 10, they've introduced an API called CarlKit that lets third-party developers um, create apps that can interact with your phone and can help basically test phone numbers against a large list of known junk and then warn you when it rings, etc. The first one of those that I tried was Hiya. And this is nothing against Hiya, but it has just not been working consistently for me. It works for a little while and then it goes away. With that said, we know we have heard numerous times there is a known issue with iOS 10 and an Apple problem, an Apple bug, having to do with CallKit where it's not implemented correctly, even according to their own spec. So with all of that in mind, I've really wanted this. Yeah. Like, and I've been running it for, what, a month now? However long I've had iOS 10 was the first thing I installed after I got iOS 10. Um, and uh, it just hasn't been working. It works for a while. It goes away. I went back and forth with the nice people on the high out Twitter about getting it to work. Well, it's, it's kind of working right now. Like, like we talked about last week, I've been getting fewer of those calls, so it's hard to test. But just, just to spit, piss on a spark plug, I tried this other one that just got an update called True Caller. And I'm going to suggest True, true Caller. True Caller. True Caller. There's, there's a couple things I like about True Caller uh, that, I, that I, I think make it uh, recommendable. Isn't that um, a Cindy Lauper song? True Caller. I'll yeah. see. <laughs> true Caller. Yeah. Caller. See? I mean, I'm going to give them that. I can run with that. That's good. You know, you're just an idea guy. Yeah. I mean, that's I what I do up here. Adverbs. Uh, he remarked adverbedly. Uh, so, so thing number one was like in, in the piss on a spark plug stage when I was going around with high out, they were like, oh, try this, try this, try this. I tried that and I tried that and I tried that. And none of it was sticking. One of the things they recommended was they're like, they're like, booga booga. You can't have two call blocking apps even on your phone. Apparently turns out even if they're turned off, you can't have them on. There's some kind of problem with that i don't think that's accurate or if mm. it is accurate i'm not getting that problem because here's the thing i've got high installed and i think it might be working now i'm not sure but then i got true caller and so true caller basically you go to the app store you get true caller you download it and then you go into your settings you go into phone you go into whatever that is call blocking identification and you hit the little radio button to enable that now i have both of those turned on and i'm seeing results from both in my phone app now now here's the thing i really think is neat about true caller with um you can manually the 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 previous way you've been able to kind of do this is when you once you've gotten a nuisance call which usually only uses one number once you can copy it and then go paste it into the app and it'll theoretically block that for you one thing that's neat in true caller is inside this is so weird i would never think to do this this way but let, let's say you've just gotten a nuisance call and you want to look it up um they have an extension so while you're looking at the detail view of the call you just received, you can hit share, improbably, and basically share this contact with TrueCaller. It sends it to TrueCaller and then runs the mojo on it. Isn't that kind of cool? I like that. So I'll report back more on this after I start getting a new surfeed of annoying calls. But uh, I, this is a development. I, this is a quality of life issue and, and a quality of business issue because some of this stuff is really bad news. I found out that one that I was getting repeatedly from Honduras 
it, it, so you ever get those kinds of nuisance calls where no matter how fast you even try to answer, there's nobody there? Yes. Like, and, and so I've gotten past, some of I, those. Back in the classic days of telemarketing spam, the explanation I heard for that was there's a call bank somewhere that just voiped out, let's say, dozens of calls. And it doesn't cost them really anything to do all of those calls. And the first person that picks up is the person that the, the dingus will interact with and disconnect all the other calls. That's what oh, I heard was the old reason oh, for this. Oh, okay. Ready for okay. this? So if, so if you're thinking, ooh, I want to be, be a nice person and not, you know, sort of like along the lines of these blocking those horrible, some of those horrible JavaScript things on, you know, ads on the web. Well, I want to be a good citizen. I, but, you know, you kind of need to block those if you want to be safe because it's been shown that they're really dangerous. But these calls can be dangerous because you're ready for this. Some of these calls, I believe this to be true. You can do your own due diligence. They will call you and do a no, you don't pick up. There's no message. There's no anything. Let's say you're the kind of person that, as I was in a former lifetime, calls back the person from the call you just got. Well, guess what? It's like one of those 900 number services, and you actually get charged a whole bunch of money that they then receive if you call that number back. Is this making sense? Yeah. It seems like so a roundabout way you, to do it, but... That's a lot more efficient than just you know saying, hey, you get a, a free vacation or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, these things are bad. I'm, I, this is an innovation that I'm very excited about. I'm seeing here from listener Craig. Thank you, listener Craig. Listener Craig uh, tweets uh, real time follow up to say call kit problems are allegedly addressed in ten one one. So let the nuisance calls begin. <laughs> True caller, I think I put that in notes. Dan, uh, in as much as you're comfortable, able, or legally obligated, could you share with your listeners where they would find show notes for episode diggity two nine six of your back to work program surely it is at five by five dot tv slash b as in boys two is in the number w as in women slash two nine six are you recording at your end this time around i'm always recording right. abc i'm gonna grab why am i getting grab yours at the uh-huh. end of it. that's just uh-huh. a little it's a little skippy this time a little skippy yeah a little, like a little broken uh, broken record let me let me double check. Is the back blaze? Little, little oh, Max oh, 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 it might be the back blaze. Mm. Pausing, mm. pausing. Mm. Okay, see if it gets better now. Okay, back blaze is actually really good about. That's amazing we could have this call at all while it's back blazing. But they're pretty good about that. Um, still, I will be happy to send that to you. All right, now we won't get you know complaints that you sound like Swiss cheese or whatever. That's right, Swiss cheese wrapped in Saran wrap. Yeah. Ooh, double end it. Um. <laughs> So, uh, you're watching the Westworld, right? Oh, yeah. Boy, that hell of a thing. How about that episode five? You know, the last, the last couple episodes have been really interesting and really good. And, and this most recent one. Yeah. That was, that was a banger. Yeah. Was, was really cool. But before the, I guess, what, do you say the most recent one is five? It's the one where they go way, way out to that strange place. Right. Yes. Uh, the one prior to that, I would found myself kind of saying, like, what? I don't even know what's really going on in the show right now. I know. But it was good. It was good. I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's, it's not delivering what I thought it would, and I think it's better for it. I think it's, I think it's smart and engaging. Yeah. And I think it's a show I will watch repeated times. I mention it because... If you're a hipster dork like me and you appreciate the fact that those old-timey songs you hear on the player piano are actually uh, alt-rock hits. <laughs> yes, they're great. <laughs> when you suddenly hear No Surprises by Radiohead. <laughs> yeah. Um, real-time follow-up, uh, 
they have just released a five song EP. Really? Of, of some of those songs that you can go and pick up on the iTunes store. And, and apparently it's by the, what do you call it? The, the soundtrack score person who's also the guy from Game of Thrones. And uh, yeah, so anyway, it's in show notes. If you want, you can go and pick that up. I don't think it's on Apple Music yet. I didn't see it just now, but um, I'm definitely going to check that out because I, I think those are really fun. This is really fun. I, I think the first time that I noticed it, I'm like, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I know that song. But Let's what? go look it up. I'm going to have to find it. Let's go look this up together. I'm clicking. Five by five. Smell like dog. <laughs> We also need to talk a little bit about about the MacBook Pros. I'm sorry, we have to. Hmm. All right. Um, main title: Black Hole Song. Won't you come? Please stop launching iTunes. Oh my God. <laughs> black Hole Sun. Paint it black. Does that really have a comma in it? Hmm. Paint it black. No surprises. And a forest. The Cure song. I yeah, love that. No was surprises. Good. It was good. I showed my daughter that video, and she got really freaked out. Remember the video for uh, No Surprises? Remind me. Uh, Tom York's head is in like this globy fishbowl thing, and it slowly fills up with water. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yes. Yeah. Somewhere out there, there's a making of video. It was apparently harrowing to make that video. Because he Cause really filled up he, he over his, him, right? He, oh, and they had to do it multiple times because he had to keep going. He was like being waterboarded. Yeah, I was going to say, that'd give you nightmares. He had like a, like a safe word switch where he could basically say, ah, make the thing go away. But he had to hold his breath for, what, probably 30 seconds during that big buildup at the end? Such a pretty house. Such a pretty garden. No lumps and no surprises. Well, that's a really good song. Mm. Um, I'm almost done with follow-up. I'm just uh, creeped out still thinking about that. We have lots of other things to talk about. Um, do you want to hear? I, just want to, I had one funny fact about the sleepover. So we had, and, and you know what's funny so far? No lice, no sickness. We had a uh, 16-hour sleepover with seven third-grade girls. That's crazy. I won't even get into how manic things were right around midnight, except to say that my wife and I thought that we, my wife and I thought that we had made every conceivable accommodation to make everyone comfortable. But then you forget about the politics of third graders, and things got weird. Things got super weird, and then everybody. It started out as. Two king-size mattresses were not going to be enough for six girls. There were some factional issues going on. And then pretty soon it was two girls sleeping on two king-size mattresses. Some <laughs> girls in other rooms for political reasons didn't want to be near somebody. And, you know, mm. it, got, it got kind of ugly. But, you yeah. know, what was the runaway hit? You can probably guess. What was the runaway hit of the uh, sleepover? Well, the cup, cu- cupcakes were, were, were very well liked. Yeah. De- decorating aprons. That was a lot of fun. Totoro, huge hit. Um, Amazon Echo. Oh, really? Oh, my God. It, it finally got to where I had to just go and, and just disconnect all of them. Um, Because everybody, and like two or three of the girls had them at home. And actually, I learned some things from them. They were showing me things I didn't know. I forgot about the thing where you could say, hey, Dingus, play that song that says, you know, uh, we will rock you or whatever. You can say lyrics and it'll play you the really? song. Really? I didn't know that. Oh, it's crazy. And, uh, Should we try else, it? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of a better one than that. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna blip this? I'm gonna blip it. No, I'm gonna do it. Well, I don't want to set off everybody's. I yeah, they don't care. No one cares. Um, Alexa, play the song that goes. 
and the street's going to be a big man someday. Shut up! That's not... Oh, no, that's the who. That's not right at all. Alexa, stop. Alexa, play the song that goes running in the street, going to be a big man someday. I hate you. Shut up, Alexa. (laughs) What? That's playing Pink... Is that Pink Floyd? Oh, my God. Alexa, stop. Alexa. So what do you just say? You, You say... Go home. You're drunk. You you say play 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 the song that goes. Let's see. Let's. I, Echo, no, I can't think of a single song lyric. That goes. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? I didn't find Bohemian Rhapsody in your library, <gasps> but it's available with Amazon oh, Music good. Unlimited. Would That's you what like you call to fail- learn more? Echo, stop. That's what you call failing gracefully. Yeah. What the girls probably did not know is that Alexa keeps a record. Alexa, stop! (laughs) Is that the Amazon Echo product keeps a little log? Oh, jeez. Yes, you can look at it on your phone. We have have multiple Amazon voice devices, and I was not always in the room. But I did. I did. Take a moment. Watching. I did take a moment this morning to go back and look through the history of what was said to my Amazon voice unit oh, over man. the weekend. Share, share, you, share. I'll just give you a few. What is the purpose of humans? <laughs> what is stuff? What is a paperclip? Is Donald Trump good or bad? Oh. What is sex? What is kissing? <gasps> uh What is a boyfriend? Oh, oh. Sing a brush your teeth song, please. <laughs> <laughs> Are these finally, in order? order? <laughs> These are mostly in reverse order. You are better than Siri. Siri is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did they what does Alexa say to to that? Eight year olds, dude. Eight year olds. What? What does Alexa oh, oh, say to that? I think uh, I think the Amazon voice unit apologized with that, and then it was just tons and tons of shake it off like five times in a row Ugh. on five like different devices, just walking around. That's a good song. Yeah. Ba bum bum. Bum, bum, bum. Whatever that instrument is. Is that a trombone, Dan? Is that what that is? I'm sure. Sure. Why bum, not? Bum, 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 bum. Hmm. She was uh, Deadpool for Halloween. Cool, yeah. Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't either. I don't know. Well, uh, I'll send you a picture of our Halloween. What was, uh, what, 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 can I ask what your kids were for Yeah, um, my boy who's eight was some kind of zombie surgeon. Oh, nice. This was something we got a costume at very last minute at Party City because he couldn't make up his mind until just a few days ahead of time and finally said, all right, well, you, we can go and pick one out. And I, I kept telling him, be Harry Potter because he, he's already got the messy dark hair. He's already yeah. got the glasses. I'm like, we get a marker, we draw an, a little lightning bolt, you're done, basically. He's yeah, like, well, you, Dad, I'm in Ravenclaw, I can't be here. I'm like, all right, good. Good enough uh, that's reason. right. I'm in Ravenclaw too. Yeah, and I'm like, I like well, to think I, I would like to think I'm in Hufflepuff, but I, I'm much more Ravenclaw. Well, I told him I said it would be perfect. I I would even be willing to do a serious black, and you could be, uh, you could be Harry. And he said, No, you're Slytherin. You can't be serious black. Hmm. I said, All right. So he found some zombie. Surely you can't be serious. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, great that's movie. That's funny on so many up? levels. Does it still hold up? No, no, surely you can't be serious, Black. Yeah, 
So, um, uh, and, and she was uh, Anna from uh, Frozen. Oh, that's nice. I sent you mine. She was a, a bloody bride. Yes. Look at her. This. She did her own makeup. Oh, Let's see so here. So good. Famous Ravenclaw. Ooh, she's oh, she's spooky Luke there. It. Look at her with the flowers holding it with that look in her eyes. Isn't she great? That's like when we first met. I didn't think there was enough blood on it, personally. But she's also holding a pumpkin. Um, Luna Lovegood. The Nargles are always stealing her shoes. Yeah. Cho Chang. Yeah. I love saying Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Cho Chang. Oh, a Gilderoy Lockhart. Very interesting. He's, he's, a, he's a Ravenclaw. Oh, you're looking up who is... Yeah. yeah. Oh, Corel. Uh, Corel was a, was a Ravenclaw. Oh, yeah. You could get, like, they did clip art and everything. You could just change. He's a, he was a, I think he's what they call a temporary Horcrux. Mm-hmm. No spoilers. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a, like a travel wallet. Uh, she was Hermione again for school, and then she was a bloody bride for um, for uh, after school because you can't really, you know, you, it's not cool to wear that to school. Well, hmm. I mean, I can't comment on. Yeah, well, you know, it's different times today. They, they're, they're, there's the clown ban and everything. Surely you can't be serious. I I feel really good about that joke, and I think I'm maybe not getting the credit <laughs> for that. Oh yeah. I'm typing that up. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. Do you get the, do you get that it's kind of a pun? Yes. It's kind of um it's kind of two movie jokes in one. Okay. Um we have a uh I think that's all I got. Anyway, the Amazon product. That was a lot of fun. And finally, and then oh god, there are arguments over everything. Everything. Do you want it, half the girls wanted for quiet sleep music, half of them most of them just wanted to read, which was awesome. Some of them wanted to argue and hit each other with things. And then there was a big argument, like, was it going to be uh, nature sounds or classical music? Three of the girls wanted classical music, which I thought was kind of cool. Did it go better or worse than you had anticipated? Um, in almost every way, it went better than I feared. But there was a time around 12, 24 a.m. when I started making this face. Because you get they're tired, and the thing is, if we had if it were three of them, it would have been manageable. Because you know the chaos of a child this age and the changes in moods. They're sleepy. There are kids who are ready to fall asleep at nine who got their third third wind around one, and then they're waking everybody up. Now everybody's mad. They're yelling and they're reporting on each other. Somebody comes in to report. My wife and I, like animals, are sitting there in the other room trying trying to watch Black Mirror. And one comes in in a red jammies and says that that one of the girls is reporting that she learned the F word at school, and we're supposed to go deal with that. Uh, Yeah, my wife does not want. My son knows every curse word there is already. Good for him. And just because we know them doesn't mean we use, we use them. them. And he he has heard me use a few, but not many. And I told him, I said, "Listen, I said I know you know these words. Don't use them. Definitely don't use them at school because I'll go to jail if you do." Yeah, that's no good. But don't use them around mom. I don't care if you use them around me. I really don't care. So yeah. like, I, I feel kind of the same way. She'll she'll go out of the room or something, and he'll look at me and he'll be like, "Dad." What the hell? Oh, that's good. And I'll be like, about what? He's like, I don't know. I just wanted to say it. Yeah. Oh, yeah like, it feels what? good. <laughs> you know? It feels good. <laughs> oh, uh, Moaning Myrtle. She is uh, she's she's Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. There you go. Ollivander, the war doctor. Oh, oh, uh, Professor Trelawney. Professor Trelawney. It makes she's sense Ollivander would be. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like those movies a lot. 
Anyway, uh, Harry Potter. It's, it's a good thing there were so many Harry Potters. It was really great. Um, a lot of Rays. Oh, um, cool. Pokey Persons. Yeah. The parade was very fun. Anyway, so I would say if you're considering doing a sleepover, you got to really get your mind right about it. Um, but if you're going to do a sleepover, obviously start with one. Preferably somebody who's done a sleepover somewhere else before. One child. We had, we had some that wanted to go home, but it was already so late that, you know. Why do they said, always want to go home halfway through? You get homesick and you want your own stuff and you don't want people poking you or, you know, playing Taylor Swift for you at 12. Because they're just screaming across the room to the Alexa at midnight. And finally, like, that's it. I'm taking all these away. I took all the. Were you angry? I took all the. Um, yeah, I, I mean, is angry? Yes. Were you in that corduroy robe? <laughs> what? I kicking my slippers? Yeah. No, I think I was wearing sweatpants and a Star Wars shirt. Do they take um, you seriously? No, 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 no. I hate no, that. No. When I was a kid, I took parents. If the parent came in, they, oh, you know, no, while no. they're in there, I'd be very serious. And then they'd leave, and then immediately, whatever they said to be quiet, you're loud again, right again. Uh, I was told several times, especially as it got later and they got more honest. Uh, I was told f- flatly several times that I am not funny. <laughs> wow! I said, I, I understand. Believe me, I know. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being me. <laughs> I gotta live with. I gotta live. With, I. You got. You got to deal with deal with this shit one night. Right. This You're is, just this is one my night. life. Yeah. This is my life. You think you think I want to be like this? I'm a squib. Caught a boy lurking in the corridor. I love that guy. I love the way he runs. What's his name? Is that Filch? Filch. Yeah. I love Filch. He's well, he, squib. He, he in the uh, there's that one movie. All he does, he runs in, says something to Dumbledore, runs out. That's his whole. It's like barely a walk that the, on. Um, it's, it's, it looks like Mad Eye Mooney, but uh, turns out no spoilers. It's actually the Doctor. Doctor Who. <laughs> doctor Whom. <laughs> so we got lots to talk about. It's a big week. It's yes. a huge week. Huge week. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm so sorry, Dan. Forgive me. I can't be serious. Did you uh, want to tell me about something that you like? I would like to tell you about uh, a using a a loan word, Casper. Casper. Say it soft and it's almost like praying. Casper. Casper is a sleep brand because they moved on. We told you about mattresses. I'll tell you about mattresses. But they're more than just mattresses now. They're they're a sleep brand. Have you heard that? Did you know that? I, I you know what? I I did not. I sleep on a Casper every night. I did not know they were a sleep brand. But I'm happy to hear it. Good for them. They, Matata. they make mattresses, they sell them directly to consumers. There is no commission-driven middleman in the way of you and an excellent night's sleep. They develop these mattresses in-house. They are designed beautifully. They are sent to you in a, an incredibly small George Jetson-style box. You open the box. Mattress. And then it's the best sleep you're ever going to have because these things are amazing. And if you don't like it, you get 100 nights to decide whether you like it or not, which is plenty of time, much more time than you get in a mattress store rolling around on, on something and, and trying to make a decision that this is what you want to spend you know, half of your time on. Isn't that how much you spend ha- half of your day in bed? I, think if you're, I spend, easily spend half my day Half your bed. day in bed. This is going to make it much more comfortable when you do. But now they also have brand new pillows, which I have not yet tried. Shame, shame on Casper. I've not yet yeah, tried right. a pillow. And they have a soft, breathable sheets. It's 
the trifecta, the mattress, the pillow, and the sheets for perfect sleep. Now, people say to me on the street, they say, how much are these things? On, on the street, they say that, Dan? They say that. They say, aren't you that guy from The Thing? And you go, whatever. And they say, well, what, how much do these things cost? What's Five, 500 bucks for a twin. What's it going to take for me to put you in a bed? Seven fifty for a full, eight fifty for a queen, nine fifty for a king. That's a king size mattress for less than a thousand bucks. You're going to spend fifteen hundred bucks on even a, just a crap mattress in a store because it's all going to the middleman. It's all mm. pulled right out of your pocket. Mm. Anyway, risk free, hundred night home trial. You don't like it? They come take it away. No questions asked. They don't even want to know why. And they'll give you $50 toward any mattress you purchase if you go to casper.com. If you, tell them, if you tell them, they won't listen. No, they don't even want to hear it. They don't even... <laughs> I don't even want to... It's like, don't take this wrong. These people who come, it's not that they don't speak English. It's that they can't speak or hear. Oh, go to casper.com. It's because of the appliance over there that they wear over there. They're the weird masks that they wear when love, they come and get apartment. Casper.com slash it's your show. And use the code It's Your Show. You'll get $50 toward any mattress you purchase. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you very much, Casper, for making the mattresses that we love so much. And now sheets and bed, and pillows, rather, and beds and pillows. Don't they make a, don't they make a bed for doggies? They make a bed for doggies. Why not? You can get a, you can get a little back set for, for, your, uh, for, your, for your dog. I, I like my Casper so much that I did a third-party add-on, which is that I bought a waterproof cover for it. Because I knew. Oh yeah, just just run the numbers. Well, you have do, kids. Do, You've got ch- seven seven children in your house. It's the birthday party problem all over again. If you get twenty three kids in a room, there's a good chance somebody's going to pee on your bed. You know, so I put if, that if on you my give twenty three kids a typewriter, eventually they'll write it's like out the Simpsons. Yeah, the blurst of times. <laughs> you know, you can't buy this kind of attention for for a brand, especially a sleep brand. You know what I mean? We we get them, we get people talking about it. It's a new kind of hybrid mattress. It's a sleep brand. Sleep brand. I want to get uh, Grace. Can you see about Grace. getting us two pillows? Grace, and we got to get yeah, these what? pillows. What do we have to? Who do we have to blow to get pillows, Dan? What's what, what is the problem here? Out. Didn't we used to be in their good books? They used to send us everything. Yeah, they would send uh, us a mattress, and they'd say, "Until Dan and Merlin have slept on this mattress together, yeah. we're not even going to sell it. We want." Their I think Roderick approval. has four. I, yeah, I think he, he just does. keeps sending him mattresses. <laughs> He's got a cigar box that he keeps them in. <laughs> Over by the sword box. <laughs> Thanks, Casper. Casper.com slash it's your show. Code is it's your show. $50 off. No, seriously, go buy one. They're really good. Dan, you had a topic this week. I have two, to- um, two topics. One brief, one long. You want to start with the brief? The brief one is I just wanted to talk to you really quickly about uh, the Apple announcement and uh, what it means Finally, to Finally, somebody's going to cover this. What oh, it, my gosh. Well, what it, no, I don't want to cover any of the details. I want to ask you, no. was, is this uh, something that you're interested in? Because for me, I've, as I mentioned, I've been holding out for four, four years yeah. for a new laptop. And now, now is the time yeah. uh, for me to go and get one. So I, th- I think I'm going to have to get one of these new ones. I'm not, I could do my whole job with the exception of podcast audio editing. I could do everything else on a, on a Linux machine, but have you seen these craptastic Linux laptops that everyone's saying, oh, I'm th- I didn't get a good update from Apple, so I'm switching to Linux. And these, I've been, these hearing, that. I've been hearing that for years. Hideous. Hideous. <laughs> Who wants to carry around a five and a half pound 
you know, Dell looking piece of plastic with you. Well, it's it's like it's it's sort of like when pollsters ask supporters of the Republican candidate whether the Democratic candidates' various email woes will make them more or less likely to vote for the Republican candidate. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure they're always going to say it's going to make them more likely to vote for the Republican candidate. Like that would have been a really useful thing to ask of people who are legitimately, you know, not affiliated. But like it seems like it's these same six people that are constantly quitting Max every year. And, you know, God bless them. But, you know, I I don't know. That just that seems so strange. Well, I did. Um, I did pre-order one. Okay, so so uh, what are you going with? Uh, I went with, as you know, they come in the 13 and the 15 inch, and there's the 13 that does not, I guess, what people are calling. I like that they call it the the cheap one. The MacBook um, Escape. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, the one that I am getting is the, and I just want to make sure I give the right specs because, you know, people people want to know. But mm-hmm. it is the 15 inch, which is new for me. I, I used to always, ever since we've taught our favorite, beloved uh, Pismo macbooks back in the old days i've always enjoyed the 15 inch but this last one i've had was a 13 for a long time and i i've i've enjoyed it but i think now i'm gonna try 15 again and i got the 2399 one which is 2.6 gigahertz processor 256 gigs of storage to which everyone i tell this you're gonna run out of storage so fast on that dude and my my current one, the 13, has 256 gigs of storage, and I've got 100 gigs available. So I'm not worried about running out of storage space. It's got 16 gigs of RAM. So this is that's what I'm going to try. Unless I mean, if you if you manage if you really ride hard on, I mean, obviously you have to watch I watch the Photos app. But if you do selective sync on Dropbox, if you're careful about your media stuff, if you've got like a, you know an external place for that. It's just, you know, it's a, it's a laptop. It's not, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we have a, we have an iMac at home that has a big external uh, drive situation on it, which... Um, you can put all your public domain movies on that, right? You can put them all there. You can put all your photos and images there, which is, my wife organizes that anyway. So, you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm writing code and browsing and doing email and, you know, pages, notes, stuff like that. Like, what where's the need for the storage if you don't have lots and lots of photos and media? So... Uh, so that's so, but you know, I'm not, I'm not convinced. I'm not in love with the keyboard. I did get to see the, the base 13 inch, the non touch bar, uh, one, they got one of those in the Apple store. So I went to look at that yesterday and, uh, cool, cool looking machine. I love the new case. I love the darker color. The, the trackpad is great. Not in love with the keyboard, but I'll adapt. Uh, but even that would be a nice bump from, from what I have now. So I don't know. I, is this something that you looked at and thought, oh, maybe this is something I would get? No, not at all. No? Nope, nope, nope. Don't need any of it. Um, it's not epochal enough of a difference or uh, secure enough of a fixed feature change. Right. It's it's fine. It's not for me. What do you, what do you want? I use an iMac at work uh-huh. and at home I mostly use my iPad right. and when all else fails I use my 2010 MacBook Air. Right. But you know honestly um I mean with the kind of stuff that I do you know the there's a couple little things that have changed this goes way back to a few episodes ago talking about what's changed. I mean the stuff that used to be out of bounds has become in bounds for me. And there's a few things that really make one is screens. 
So there are times where I want to do something Mac-y, and often is not. It is Mac-y stuff that I want to do on a machine that I'm not on. And Screens works fine for that. I just bought the upgrade of Screens that lets you use your iPhone as a touchpad, so you can use it for mousing while you're in on the iPad. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Use, your, use your phone. Right, your right, right, has. right. Stuff like that. I mean, that works fine for those little things. Um, and then, I mean, there are other kinds of things where, like, sometimes, I mean, think about this. Think about, like, if you wanted to listen to a podcast without, let's say, something, well, in my case, I frequently have unreleased things I have to listen to. Like, right now, today, I'm listening to the, thir- or, no, it was Thursdays. So it might come out today. But the next reconcilable difference is I got to pick out the title, do the show notes, do the description, et cetera. And so, you know, I could listen to that in a, in Dropbox, I could do that from, but like, I'd rather listen to that in Overcast where I can listen to it fast and I can, you know, f- fast forward and re- rewind really easily. Well, here's, here's a couple things. First of all, Marco has brilliantly added this functionality to upload ad hoc files that only you have access to. That's really great. Now, well, but how would you do that? How would you get that from a website? It's actually not difficult at all. I mean, I can go to the file in a browser and then send it to like um, send it to iCloud or whatever and then upload it to Overcast right from there. Those kinds of things that used to used to require there are I'm going to be off Fraser Spears here. There are surpassingly few things these days that, that, that these days that I really need to do that I have to be on the Mac for. And put even more saliently, there are very few times when when I need a Mac except for the times when I need a Mac. When I'm at work and doing stuff with editing a podcast, well, that's where I'm going to be. I'm not going to, I mean, Ferrite's cool, but I'm not going to do that yet. Um, anyway, I'm not, I don't mean, I don't mean to bitch, but, and I believe me, I understand the backlash from people. I understand the excitement from people. I understand all of it, but, uh, how did you come to your decision? I don't know. I knew I needed to upgrade something. I wanted something that was going to be a significant jump in CPU speed or at least significant enough that I would notice it. Yeah. And the 13-inch models uh, really are not not much. I mean, I, I guess, you know, you say, well, going from a 2.4 to a 2.9, that's a bigger jump than it sounds like, uh, especially with the turbo boost that goes to 3.3. But I don't, you know, I figured if I was going to do it, one of the things I've been trying to do is, as always been my goal, is to try to simplify things. I find that now that I'm doing more, uh, you know, there was a time when I was doing three shows a day every day. And now I'm doing, you know, three, four shows a week and I'm spending a lot more time, you know, building Fireside and and doing doing working on upcoming video things and other things. I find that I'm I'm moving around a bit more. So... Having a machine that's a little bit more powerful, uh, that's a little that continues to be portable, I thought was important enough. And the only way you're really going to get that jump is either to go with the top end, 13 inch, for 19.99, or uh, go to the go to the 15 inch. And I thought, you know what? Let's let's go back to a 15 and see if I like it. Apple has a surprisingly good return policy. Mm-hmm. That uh, that I I have only I think used once, many many years ago. But like you can get a computer and try it out, and if it's not what you like, you can return it or trade it. You know what I'm saying? Like they, it becomes part of the strategy for some people. Yeah, some of my friends who are serious nerds, they'll order if it's, especially if it's a brand new item, they'll go ahead and place an order for something 
just to get something, especially if they need to review it or something. They'll order like multiples of it. And, you know, if you got the space on your credit card, you're going to get the money back on all but one. Yeah, that's I mean, that's I I didn't even think of getting more than one and trying two, but that's what I said. I said, you know what? I'll get this thing. I'll get it day one. If it's not amazing and I don't love it, well, I'll take it back to the Apple store and return it, get something else. And if I got to wait a little longer, like, so what? I've been waiting four years, so it's all right. But I'm very, I was not at all wowed by the touch bar. Um, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh my gosh, I took the escape key. I'm done for. Like, I'll deal with that. But I'm just, to me, that's, it's, I don't, I don't really see the, there's not much value in it for me that I can see. I'm more, you know, like I said before this thing happened, if if it's got better battery life and it's supposed to have 10 hours, I'll be real happy with just that. And if the screen is as gorgeous as it, it seems to be, then mm-hmm. I'll be I'll be happy using that uh a lot, you but know. You, but you need, you know, you need it. Oh, I definitely am at the point where I do. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's you know, all everything else kind of falls by the wayside, and you do a shrug and go like, "Well, you know, got to do the work." Yeah. So we'll see. I'll let you know when a couple, three weeks, when it comes. My favorite piece in uh, all of the endless discussions about this, and boy, are people mad. My favorite one is uh, came out yesterday on the Pinboard blog. Did you see this? Mm-mm. Benjamin Button reviews the new MacBook Pro. Oh, no, I have not seen he's that. Such he's such a good writer. Um, so you know. But you're familiar with Benjamin Button. I'll yeah. just read a little bit of yeah. this. The new MacBook Pro shows that Apple is finally becoming serious about developers. Gone is the gimmicky touch bar. Gone are the four USB-C ports that force power users to carry a suitcase full of dongles. In their place, we get a cornucopia of developer-friendly ports. Two USB 3.0 and then Photographers will rejoice at the surprising and welcome addition of an SDXC card reader, a sign that Apple might be thinking seriously about photography. Such a good piece of satire because, I mean, it's... It is kind of funny when you look at it that particular yeah, way. Yeah, There's so much, yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. I get everybody's side. You're all right. You're all correct. You can go and buy in the Apple store. Uh, you can buy the previous generation of MacBook Pros if you want. They still sell them. And if you went into the Apple store today and said, I want a MacBook Pro, they'd say, well, the only one of the new ones we've got is this one over here. But, you, you know, and then say, well, I don't care. I don't care if it's a previous generation. But the guy said that they're not discount. They're cheaper. They're cheaper <laughs> at, a, at a base price, but they're not being discounted in any way. He said Apple used to do that, but they're not this time around because it is it is not a an updated model per se. It is a brand new brand new thing it's not like they just came out with ones that have better graphics cards it's a whole new a whole new item or skew or something so because of that they're not discounting the old ones well this is this is where it's good to return to the reminder Mm -hmm. that almost everybody in the world almost every single person in the world to a near certainty, almost every of the billions of people on earth, almost every single one of them is not you. Almost. It's not me. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much you're, you're, the, you're the only you that's going to be buying Mac computers. There are so many other people buying them. And it's, they, they must have their reasons. They probably, they're not a dumb company. They've got their reasons for doing this. It's just, you know, it is comma. It is just kind of frustrating to go like, okay, well, couldn't you just give us a cream dream one time? Couldn't you just give us like the totally blown out tower Mac that everybody wants? Couldn't we get the okay, charge me $6,000 and make the greatest MacBook Pro of all time? 
Like people would pay for the totally tricked out, like make everything in it better. But that's not how they work. Right. It's not. There's an episode of um, the new program I do. Uh, this doesn't really matter. But I got to do a new show called Do By Friday. And I, this is not meant as a promotion of that, except that the episode that comes out, I think this week, I think comes out tomorrow, is going to be about uh, Alex Cox and I watching the lost footage from uh, the Steve Jobs section of Cringely's uh, Triumph of the Nerds. So do you know about this? You remember Triumph of the Nerds, yes, right? Cringely I did do. this like two or three part series that was like, really, really neat history. It was from the 90s, history of, um, you know, the, you know the, the well-known computer and software companies in Silicon Valley. And in heavy emphasis, obviously, on Windows and, or uh, uh, Microsoft and uh, Apple. And they only used about 10 minutes from Steve Jobs' interview, but there's a full, I think, 60, 70 minutes of that um, that you can watch that is super interesting. It's from right before he came back to Apple. I think it's 1995. And it's really – it's an interesting time in Steve Jobs' life. He's still clearly stung by you know being pushed out of Apple. Mm-hmm. And what none of us, and I assume including him, knew was that he would pretty soon be going back to – set things straight at, uh, at Apple. Very interesting time in his life. It's interesting to hear him at that point. Um, so much of the stuff we see today at Apple, I mean, you could just see he was, I hate to use that phrase, but he was so far ahead of his time in thinking about like how you express taste, how you make the thing for the future rather than the thing from the past. And even in, this is what, three years before the removal of the um, floppy drive. And you can really still see how he had... Maybe it's a crazy vision, but he had a vision of what the future looked like that was unique and was expressed in so many of the editorial decisions that he made. Right. I don't know if it's out there for free. I think I might be on Netflix. I'll find out. But if I can find it for notes, I'll put it in. But it's a really interesting thing. If you're wondering why Apple is the way it is today, I think one reason Apple is the way it is today, this is a super maybe over obvious thing, is that it's a company whose ethos and outlook was largely defined by Steve Jobs and the people that he hired. And then you've got a point today where there's a very able guy named Tim Cook who runs the company. You right, know? right. Steve Jobs thought a lot about some very big picture ideas about product and the world. And I think Tim Cook is very savvy as a former operations guy or still an operations guy. He thinks a lot about operations. And when the company's run by the operations guy rather than the, the, the dreamer, you get different weird things happening. And, you know, you still see so much of that culture of Steve coming through, but, you know, they're, they're a big boy company with a lot of people to please. They've got to make decisions that get them closer to where they're going to be in two years rather than thinking about how to make you happy two years ago. Right. And I think that's very, very challenging with how heavily scrutinized they are by fans and detractors. I was an Apple pundit there for a minute. Did you hear heard, that? Yeah, I heard most of it. Um, so... Uh, let's talk about feelings. How, how do you feel about this? Are you okay with what you're getting? I guess you'll know more when you get it. But I'll know are more you... when I get it. I think it should be good. The, the biggest thing that I have, the biggest question that I have about it is, you know, will I, will I mind going from a 13 to a 15? It's interesting. I tweeted this earlier today that uh, the brand new 13-inch retinas are three pounds. And... The five, uh, 15 inch are, uh, are four pounds, I believe, 4.02 pounds. And the 13 inch that I have now is right in between. It's a half a pound lighter than the 15 and a half a pound heavier than the new 13s. Hmm. 
So it's, you know, it's right in the middle. But I don't know. I think I think it'll be an interesting experiment on, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I've got two or three weeks to change my mind if I want to. And I'm not I'm not in a rush. Yeah, right, right, right. But so. at least you'll know. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Colon. Okay. The Lost Interview is available for viewing on Netflix. And I, I think I thought it was very interesting. And uh, in the in the program that we did about this, it's super interesting to talk to Alex because she's a generation younger than I am. Right. She's not that far out of college, and it's just it's very interesting to hear the point of view from somebody, you know, who was what what, what would that make her like a a toddler when Steve Jobs came back to Apple. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to hear that point of view from somebody who has all this admiration for Steve, but you know knows him mainly uh, from his exultant uh final act yeah interesting times um do, do you want to get to our our, our big topic yeah or did you want to tell me about another, another thing you like i can i can do that first i mean to, you, know, you know what eero is i've told you about i Eero do before. know what eero is i like me and eero i like me and eero too and uh eero has an interesting philosophy and, and they've they've noticed one thing that our our homes more and more things are being brought online more and more things need or benefit from a wi-fi connection it used to be maybe you had maybe you had a laptop that maybe you had a Wi-Fi card for. And then more and more computers started getting them, and now we all have phones and iPads. And I was thinking about it the other day, and I said, you know, I don't even know if I have a machine that, with maybe one exception, that actually has an Ethernet port in it. Everything's wireless. But the Wi-Fi connections that we have in our homes, they haven't really evolved at all. There's still this kind of dated philosophy of, oh, here's the base station that plugs into your cable modem or, or you know, DSL. Do people still even have DSL or fiber? And, and it's going to provide wireless throughout your whole house from this one point. But that's not really effective. I mean, that doesn't work in a lot of homes because the way that they're built or the time period that they were built in, there's dead spots. There's, uh, I mean, it just it doesn't make sense. And... Now all of you got people with front door locks that are on, on Wi-Fi. You got Merlin's got his light bulbs that are that are Wi-Fi, thermostats, speakers, security cameras. I mean, everything more and more has a Wi-Fi connection. And how many people say, you know, we don't have a TV in our bedroom anymore. We're watching on our iPad. And that's that's what people are doing. That's how things work. And that's what Aero is designed to do. They understand that the old school of thinking for Wi-Fi is broken. And Aero is designed to change all of this. The company manufactures one device. It's a small little box about the size of the Apple TV. And it's got a super simple app that you use on your phone. And you put one or more of these throughout your home. They talk to each other. They create their own network that's going to be have, have a super strong signal in every part of your house. And if you need more, uh, more of a connection over here, guess what? You get another Eero. You put one in this room. You can put one over here. You can, you know, most people find that you can do a lot with two, maybe three of these in, a, in an average-sized home. And that way you get that strong, fast Wi-Fi signal across your entire house. And all the additional Eros need is just power from your standard outlet. They form a mesh network that blankets your whole home. It's very, very cool, super easy to use. They have lots of fun with uh, with the user interface so that it, it, there's a little bit of humor in like the example names and things like that. I don't want to spoil it for you, but like if you're a Harry Potter fan, there's some <laughs> references in there. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, 
but uh, we, we've got one and it, it was super, super easy to set up. I wound up, uh, you, they say you need one for about every thousand square feet. Uh, we, I have three, but I think we probably do with two of them. Uh, but, but go check this out. Really, really great coverage in, in any space. Totally customizable. It updates itself. And when software updates come down, it, it does it. It updates itself. You don't have to worry about any of that. It's just done for you. And uh, they've got a special offer. If you go to Eero.com, and that's spelled E-E-R-O, Eero.com, when you check out, uh, you can pick overnight shipping for free if you enter the promo code back to work. So that's nice. You'll get it uh, right there the next day. It's Eero, E-E-R-O, Eero.com, overnight shipping, free for if you use the code back to work. And of course, that, that supports us, supports the show. But try this out, especially if you're as fed up as I was with the uh, old school Wi-Fi system. So thanks very much to Eero for supporting Back to Work with Merlin Mann. Thanks, Eero. Okay, my topic is, uh, I'll tell you how this started, but my topic is, is, is there such a thing as a Dropbox replacement and why would I want to use one? Trick question. Trick question. I've been thinking about this a lot. All right. Uh, well, I ran into an interesting... Because, you know, it's just it's, it's like, like which parts. It's, there's so many things that Dropbox can and does do that it's a really complicated question. It really is. And you, you would start it seem, out... It seems simple. It seems like you go, like, I want I want like a cloud in the sky for my stuff. <laughs> but it's like, yeah. yeah, but like what else interacts? If, you know, whether or not you need them. I, I'm not... Didn't mean to cut you off, but like it's such a it's a seems like a simple question, but it's really not. It really isn't. And uh, I'll start by saying, why would I even why would I even uh, care about this? Um, there was not that long ago, and I'm looking for the article. is written by a friend of mine, um, James Duncan Davidson, and uh, here is the article where he writes, "Dropping Dropbox." This is, by the way, this is not why I dropped it, but I'm putting this in the show notes anyway. There was a, um, apparently Dropbox does some funky stuff inside of uh, macOS. To say the least. To say the least. Well, one of the things that, uh, that it does is if when you install Dropbox, it will request your, your admin password. That is to say your root password, the thing that, that allows you to do stuff like delete or install files on your Mac at a system level. So whenever you see that dialog box, it says Dropbox would like to install such and such and requires your password and you type it in. Dropbox does something interesting. It doesn't store a copy of your password, but it installs things in a way that lets them retain root privileges and they do that as a convenience so they don't have to prompt you again for your password later if and when Dropbox wants to change things. Yeah, it really, it only to do the thing that Syracuse talked about this on ATP. It's, it's kind of well, brilliant. It's, it's kind of a little dark, actually. But they don't need your password every time because once you've blessed it that one time, it'll be able to do the thing that it wants to do. Right, because in, in, after you give it permission to do it, what it's essentially doing is, and for lack of a better term, it's installing a backdoor. Uh, it installs a way for it to install other things when it wants, as it wants, with not ever asking for permission ever again. Um, that's that's not great. It's not a good thing. It's not a good practice. And Duncan, in his article, outlines why uh, he says things like it's a violation of trust because it's not asking you for the ability to modify your system again uh, without asking you. And it's it's 
an additional what as he says an additional attack attack vector because if if there's some other system that perhaps finds a way to exploit this well you're you're opening it up now for him this was enough to drop dropbox it was not for me uh there are ways to disable that by the way but that was one thing that kind of got me looking a little a little bit of the skeptical eye at dropbox and then uh i started seeing a very strange what i thought was a bug what i thought was a mac os 10 bug and uh i don't know uh, if if you're like me and you keep things on your desktop. I do. I don't keep a lot of things there, but things that I might be working on or as kind of a drop-off point, I might have a half dozen icons on my desktop. A lot of these are images, such as screenshots and things that uh, that I was taking. So in the process of building Fireside, I was building a little tour page where I was showing screenshots of the different, you know, if people want to sign up, they want to see what, what, what does this thing look like? So... They uh, So I was taking screenshots, and I noticed that as I was taking the screenshots, they were just getting that sort of generic icon, the macOS, I am an image icon that doesn't show you the thumbnail preview of it. And I thought, that's weird. I know I got that turned on. So I looked around, and I double-checked the settings. And yes, I had, I had the setting turned on to show icon previews. I thought, that's, that's really interesting. And then I noticed it was worse than that, uh, that... Quick Look, which is the uh, the name for the system wide um, utility, I guess, where if you uh, if you click on an image, let's say, or it could be a text file or something else like that, and you hit the space bar, Quick Look will just kind of zoom up in front of the screen. It will give you a little bit of information about the file, and if if it's possible for uh, the system to show you a preview, it will show you a preview. This works on audio files, and it lets you play them. This works on text files so that you can see what the contents of a text file is without opening it in its native application. Same thing for an image. But none of it would. Instead of that, I was seeing a blank a blank space where an image should be, not even a spinner. Then after the after a little while, the blank space would become a spinner. And then if I would just keep there watching and watching, eventually the spinner would just show, yep, that blank file image again. I said, well, that's that's not good. And of course, you try all the regular things like clearing caches and rebooting and even the old uh, fixed permissions thing. None of that worked. And I was really puzzled about this. And so I said, you know what? Screw it. I'll install Sierra and see if Sierra fixes anything. Installed Sierra, same problem. So I knew at this point that it wasn't something built into OS X, something weird or flaky like that. And then some people on Twitter suggested, well, make a second user account. And, and if the second user account uh, doesn't have this problem, then you'll know it's something specific to your user account, which is very logical thinking. So, of course, I did that. And nope, it works just fine in another user account. And that told me it had to be some kind of extension or plugin or something. And so thanks to Dave Mark, who works with uh, Jim Dalrymple over at The Loop for coming up with the actual final uh, fix for this, is that in my uh, home library quick look folder, there are files that, uh, which are actually folders, of course, but to, to Mac OS X, they look like a file. And they, are, they end in the .ql generator extension. So the .ql generator extension is a quick look generator, a.k.a. a, a, a quick look plugin. And there are, so many people have a handful of these. People on Twitter were suggesting these. And, uh, and I said, well, you know, the only one I've got in there is one called Dropbox.QL generator. I don't really know what that one does, but I said, it's for Dropbox. How could that be interfering 
with uh with with my ability to preview and the other thing that was tricky is when you go to file and file open dialog box a lot of the time i would rely on that to say oh i need to edit an image or something like that and it's going to show you that little image no i don't want that one i don't want that oh that's the one i want you're looking at the previews well that functionality was was gone too none of that worked system-wide so i said well the only generator that i have in there is this dropbox one so what the heck i'll 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 move it out of there so i dragged it to the desktop and uh and logged out logged back in and guess what all that functionality came back pretty cool but then it went away again it stopped working after i took a few more screenshots i noticed they weren't getting thumbnails try to preview them the same thing is back same what? same exact thing is like back a launch d thing it's like reinstalling it Dropbox will reinstall this QL generator if it finds that it's not there. I don't know what triggers it to find it. I don't know if it, if it, you know, what, how much time has to pass or what activity has to happen. But eventually, if it doesn't find it, it puts it back. So I wasn't quite ready to delete Dropbox yet, even because I, I still use it. But what I, what I did is I made my own uh, uh, Dropbox QL dot ql generator folder i uh set it permission zero 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 i was gonna say like like a text file or something yeah and uh and so now dropbox cannot recreate it and so i've been free of this of this bug it was very tricky to find this bug until i knew what was causing it the dropbox ql generator file once i knew it was causing it and i could google for that i found lots of other people complaining about this and inexplicably saying what's what's going on what does dropbox need a quick look plug-in for anyway. So the answer is, I, I don't know. And I don't think Dropbox is up to no good, but there's enough there that it made me say, you know, maybe it's time to even just consider what else is, what else exists in the world, Merlin, besides Dropbox. Is there really an alternative? Because in the circles I'm in, Dropbox is relatively ubiquitous. Everyone uses it, not just to share their podcast files with one another, but as a, as a great place to share collaborative uh, files. And I can say to someone that I'm working on a project with, hey, I put all the image files up over here, or this is where we share our spreadsheets, and I'll invite you to the folder, and then you can put stuff in there too. It's super useful for that. But I think I've been one of the people who uses it essentially as a replacement for my um, my own documents or home folder and that I save kind of everything there so that I can I, I know that it's backed up into a cloud. If something terrible were to right. happen to, to my computer, I can get to it on multiple computers. Should I need to use the iMac at home for some reason, my files will be there or will, will sync shortly thereafter. If I want to save or upload a file on iOS, I can do that. Um, what else, you know, what else exists? What else is there? And so I asked uh, our listeners on Twitter what their suggestions were, what they were using. And overwhelmingly, I saw about I saw about three responses. Now, I put a whole bunch of them that I did find into our show notes, um, which again are at uh, 5by5.tv slash B2W slash 296. Uh, and so there's a, there's a full list of the ones that I actually found and researched and, and messed around with a little bit. Um, there's some of them that have clear advantages over others. And depending on how technical you are is going to kind of determine what what level of involvement you want to have. But there are some things, Merlin, that are, that are showstoppers for me. And in particular, the two that were recommended most were Google Drive, 
and Microsoft's OneDrive. And I thought, well, in general, I'm like, there's, th- I'm so conflicted. We've talked about this, I think, too much, but I'm so conflicted on Google and Google services because I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't know. I, how much can I trust Google? I don't know. You know, do mm-hmm. I really want to keep all of my files there? Do I really want to? I don't know. So, uh, but Google, if, if those things don't bother you, it seems like Google Drive is uh, is one of the best options. It has the kind of, it's not just a place where you can upload files or create files in Google Docs. It's it's like a drive that shows up that anything that you put in the drive is a local file on your computer and also gets synced up to Google's cloud uh, and, it, and, it, and it just lives there happily and it shows up. So in that sense, it's a lot like Dropbox. And I said, well, because I don't want to invest more in Google, though, even if it has nice features and gives you a lot of space, etc., I at least want to give Microsoft OneDrive a try. I'm curious about this because people keep saying to me that Microsoft is, is a different company than it used to be back in the days where it was us versus them. And maybe it would be worth looking at. Maybe it would be worth trying, you know, and, and experimenting with it. And, you know, they did come out with that new Surface Studio thing. That's kind of cool. Maybe they know what they're doing after all. So, it, you know, plus it, you get a free, uh, you get tons of storage space if you're an Office customer, Office 365, which I am not. Uh, it comes pre-installed on Windows 10, and it's supposed to be like Dropbox. And I thought, this is really cool. So I signed up for it, and I got an account there, and it, there, there it is. It looks just like Dropbox. It has the little check marks when things are synced. Everything is just perfect. I said, all right. Like we're back in business. So I said, let's go, do, do your stuff, OneDrive. And I copied a whole bunch of stuff, files, everything up there. And, uh, and it went and it did its thing and it seemed really fast. And then at the end of it, there was this sort of weird uh, thing that came up and said, there are 29 problems with your OneDrive. 20, <laughs> 29 problems. Yikes. With your OneDrive. And so I'll, I'll read you, I'll read you an, an example of, of one of these. Uh, alerts that are here in this strange uh, dialogue box. 29 problems with your OneDrive. And it says, and so it has a list of the files that it has problems with. And uh, one of them is, you want to work here, question mark, close, exclamation point, dot AIF. That's one of them. And uh, another one is, lemon grab, huh, question mark, dot M4R. These are just examples. Here's another mm-hmm. one. Have I got your attention now? Question mark. Dot AIF. Do you know what it takes to sell real estate? Question mark. Dot AIF. It doesn't. It doesn't like your sound files for some reason. Punctuation. And the message is: Please what? change the file name so it oh doesn't begin or end with a space. End with a period. Begin with two periods or include any of these characters. Backslash, forward slash, colons, asterisk, question mark, quote, less than, greater than, pipe. What is this, 1993? Oh, my God. I, I was wow. like, what? You're telling me Microsoft OneDrive can't have files with punctuation in them other than a dot. Like this That's was the this really was weird. the big big thing that the, oh back in the old days of Mac and PC that set System Seven and beyond so apart from everything that was going on on Windows. You couldn't <laughs> if for people who have never been in the in the in the DOS world or for people who have always been lucky enough to be on Macs eight eight dot three yeah man <laughs> isn't that what it was called yeah I mean 
you you could not have special characters or question marks or or a punctuation. You couldn't have a space. It would forget capitalization. I mean, none of that existed in in, in the DOS world. And to tell me that that I have twenty nine problems with my OneDrive by Bushwood question mark dot AIF. You need those. I need those files. I'm not going to go and rename. I should not have to rename files. It's 2016. I can name a file whatever I want to name it. But mm-hmm. the, but that so that was a showstopper for me. So what else is there? I looked at I looked at everything. One of the things I really was hoping for was that I, because I I really love Amazon's uh, services. We do a lot for both Five by Five and Fireside with behind the scenes with like S3. Um, the Elastic Cloud stuff, the Compute Cloud they have is really, really great. Uh, I, I, I like Amazon. We love the, our Echoes. So I thought, okay, maybe Amazon has some kind of cool like – They am- have a – I, I bought this to be able to use the Plex syncing. Mm-hmm. Amazon Drive, mm-hmm. I think it's – I know it's unlimited, quote unquote. I think it's sixty five dollars a year. It's it's something really trivial, right? But the clients for it are crap. It's that is it. it, it. it I, maybe I'm the only person that's having problems with Expand Drive, but I am having terrible problems getting Expand Drive to work with this. Um, Transmit doesn't do that, but I guess there are various ways. Expand Drive was was a godsend because it was one of the first things that let you mount a bunch of different cloud services as you know mountable right um virtual drives right. on your computer and it was it was really cool but it it's not integrated anywhere near the way dropbox is integrated. it's not and it's it does not have it's slow it is slow and it's not the kind when we when i think of syncing i think i have a folder on my computer with my files in it and when i edit them something happens i know what happens but i'm I don't want to know what happens. Something happens where that file's in the cloud now. And a I wizard can, did it. A wizard did it. Thank you. That's, that's the most I want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to think about mounting a drive. I just wanted – I threw some stuff in the folder now. Oh, wait, cool. Here it is on my other computer too. That's what I want. That's the kind of integration that I want. And, uh, and that's just not provided by mounting a drive the way that Expand Drive lets you or by using Transmit to copy files up to it. Even something, and I put this in the notes too, Chronosync, which is a wonderful kind of mm-hmm. great application you can use to synchronize files on the same computer, on different computers across a network, uh, up to your Amazon S3 to do like backups and things. I don't want a backup. I want that live syncing. And uh, and so there there are some other things. There's like sync thing. There's box.com is the other big one. Yeah, I'm curious. My, my wife uses box extensively at work. Yes. Box- didn't work for you? It it does work, and that's that's kind of my w- probably going to go with it kind of a solution. It's it's fast, it's secure, it is designed though much more with collaboration in mind mm-hmm. than I, I'm not saying I don't share a file here and there, but I'm not I, I'm in this more for for me to make sure that all of my stuff is is everywhere, um, and what you get for the money. It just it makes it very clear that it's it's business focused. It's not a lot of money, but it five dollars per month, and you get two gigs uh, of an upload limit, and that's not as much as most of these other places are going to give you. But a lot of a lot of it, I think, feel like so much of it comes down to. It sounds like you've 
you're okay rejecting um, a good deal of what uh, a lot of people use Dropbox for. So you would be okay with, for example, whatever your solution is, you'd be potentially okay with it not having easy integration throughout iOS. Like, you, for example, it sounds like you would be okay like accessing that through a bespoke app for that service. Yeah, right? if I if I had to, I could make that. I love the integration of Dropbox in iOS. I, I love it. Um, it. It's it's super super easy, and I would I would miss that. But yeah, I'd be willing to do a workaround if it meant uh, that I would get you know features that that I want. But again, I'm I'm okay continuing to use Dropbox. It's not like I've deleted it or anything. But a lot of people actually said to me, Merlin, they would say, well, what what about iCloud Drive. And I had not even really considered iCloud Drive. Yeah. Because I, my, all of my previous experiences with anything that Apple has done with like storage in the cloud, um, it, it did not go very well. Have you tried it, iCloud Drive? I have. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I use it for some stuff, but no, I've never gone all in. Well, the, the 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 big one that comes to mind is a NAS, like um, sure. doing what's it called Synology Cloud Station or similar. Right? Is that? But that's that's still too much. Like just backing it up. Yeah, yeah. and I don't want to have I don't want to have another physical device. That's a NAS is a nice thing to have. Yes, it is. You can do a lot of stuff with a NAS. Yeah. Wink, wink. No, I know. Um, but, but I don't want. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to deal with that. It seems like it, it seems like it comes down to, of all the things that are difficult, there are ways to replicate elements of this in many, many numerous ways. Where you could you could cobble together something that does most of what you need. It sounds like, and maybe I'm just um, projecting here, but the the part that is lacking or not feature rich or easy is the this is just a folder on my Mac. Yeah, I don't have to think about right, and it just goes everywhere reliably, quickly, without having to think about it. Right, I can be at home, I can be at work, I can be on an iOS device, I can be on a computer. Yeah. It's it's all just going to be there and and just going to work. That's the big one. That's the big one. So I I am actually trying most most of these right now, and yeah. you know overall, um. Overall, they, they, they all, as far as with the exception of OneDrive not being able to do the files, OneDrive was really fast. It had excellent Finder integration. Uh, Google Drive works exactly the way you would expect it to, to work. I saw a lot of people telling me that, they, that Google Drive, uh, periodically, the client will just suck up tons and tons and tons of RAM for apparently no reason. And, uh, I didn't run into that, but I haven't been using it that long yet. Um, the uh, box.com is essentially the closest thing I could find to Dropbox. It just is Dropbox, basically. Um, it's just more money. And iCloud Drive, I mean, I, it's not like I've moved everything over there and have, don't still have it on Dropbox. I do. But it has been just fine. And mm -hmm. I, I have tried to make it mess up. Like, for example, when I was doing the initial uh, copy and import of files, I, um, I shut the computer uh, and uh, unplugged it and left and went to a different network and opened it back up and it picked right back up really quickly. It doesn't really give you the visual indication that anything is in the cloud the way that Dropbox does, except when you are 
um, when you are uploading the file. So like if you go to your iCloud drive and you drag an image or a folder into it, it the iCloud drive in your sidebar will get a little, I guess for lack of a better term, pie chart type of progress uh, bar. So it's like filling up the circle as it's copying the file. And the thing that you dragged over will have a little cloud next to it that starts out as almost like a a dotted line cloud that then fills in that then goes away when it's done being copied up to the cloud. Um, the web interface is another thing a lot of people, I think, are interested in, and that is mm-hmm. how, how can you access this if all you have is a web browser? Can you still upload files and download files? All of them provide some kind of equivalent of this, um, including iCloud uh, Drive. You just log into your iCloud.com account, but the way they do it is in typical sort of, we're Apple and we're making a website. We can make a website. Right. And the, and you get these sort of giant, big, horsey, patootie style icons that are comically large and you can't like list them in a regular format. They, it, doesn't, it doesn't feel like a modern app. It really feels like a joke. But you can, you can upload, download files and create folders. So like, and it does support drag and drop. Like you can have a uh, file on your desktop and drop it into... Uh, one of those folders in your iCloud drive and it, it works. So I don't know. I, I don't, I would love to hear some horror stories from our listeners about any and all of these different services. Um, please, please share them with me. Tell me, tell me which one is, is best. I'm not saying I'm going to go away from Dropbox completely, but I'm my, my confidence is less than it used to be. And that's all I got. I mean, we didn't. We did. We, well, no, there's plenty more to talk about. We we didn't uh, delve too deeply in this, but because we've talked about it, and everybody's talked about it. But p- part of the trouble is that Dropbox solved a really hard problem in a way that was very clever and uh, really reliable. It's it's one of those things that's become almost like conventional wisdom. Is that you know it was kind of clever the way they figured out how to worm their way into the finder apple eventually said okay we give up this is what people want we'll actually make this something where you're not cheating to do that in their original implementation but you know the idea that there is a folder that really feels like a folder on your mac so let's let's start yeah. with in terms of the requirements here one thing is this has to be something that you when you're using your mac it really feels like you're using your mac um i've got a nas and i like it i've had mountable things that i liked I mean, one trouble is though you are mounting something. You are you are having a drive, kind of I don't want to say emulated, but it's it's not doesn't really feel like a folder. It's really and it's not as dependable. Like if you've got an external drive and something goes wrong, it doesn't require you to manually reconnect to it. Right. Right. It comes back up and it might say, "Hey, you ejected this incorrectly, dingus," or whatever. But like it, you know, unless it got damaged, like it's going to continue to work. Like a folder, it's a it's a mountable network drive, and but it's it's right there, wired into your you know connected to your machine, and it pops back up and works like a soldier. And you know, even if your mounted software solution works most of the time, I I still feel like I'm not as confident or comfortable in that. Not least because it is a drive; it's not part of. I don't want another drive on there. I want everything that is a child of this folder to get synced instantly in a way that's not disruptive and feels like a Mac. And so far, anyway, there are many, many solutions that are very, very close, very, very clever. Some are inexpensive. Some are nerdy. Some, you know, there's all kinds of great stuff you could do. And I, again, looking at a NAS, people who trick out their NAS are living a really good lifestyle. A lot of setup involved. It does require some tending. 
But, um, you know, the Synology family of NASs are, are pretty great. But it is still like a mounted drive. It's not the same thing as it instantly going everywhere. Right. We had a, I think we had a sponsor one. I think they were sponsored. Transporter. That was a neat, similar idea. Yeah, that was Robo a neat one. does things like this. But it sounds like barring implementation that's as clever as Dropbox, these are all going to feel like a mounted hard drive to you. It's not the same thing as being feeling like it's really part of your Mac. Right. Especially when you notice those performance hits, when you're noticing like – and again, I, I have really liked Expand Drive in the past, but I had a terrible time getting it to work with the Amazon uh, – with the consumer Amazon cloud thing. Um, it would just, I mean, maybe it's just me, but on LCAP, I was getting to where it would just, it was, there was no progress in the uploads. There was no way to cancel it. And the only way to get rid, to basically unlock the finder was to log out or restart. So mm. that might've been an error on my part. I Doesn't got it repeated like times. It. Well, I got it repeated times over two or three days to, to, to where I finally just kind of threw up my hands. I just wanted to see if Plex could do it. So I was doing stuff like grabbing 10 photographs and uploading them. But then, you know, uploading a public domain TV show, hmm? uh, <laughs> it was a predicted time of a very long time from now, and it was painfully slow, and it really felt like I was using Fetch in like right. 1997. Right. If 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 somebody came out with, and there is there was one in my list uh, called Spider Oak, uh, but there are lots of different ways that you can um, that you can leverage your Amazon S3 drive. I mean, and I just I just want to put into perspective how affordable Amazon S3 is. I'm not even talking about like their Glacier version, which is like a secondary level storage. I'm talking about just regular Amazon S3. You can store about a hundred. I'm. You're gonna have to check for yourself, depending on your region. The, the upload is is it? What's the what's the conventional reason? The uploading is relatively inexpensive. Uploading is uplo- uploading is free. Okay. Uh, I think there is some cost associated with the put statements of actual like, but it's it's trim- it's minimal. It's super minimal, and there's like a free tier that you can get um, that uh, that that makes it essentially free. Um, but it's so low that to, to put this, I'm storing about a hundred gigs on Amazon S3 now. Uh, Jiminy Christmas, really? Yeah. All the, all the, you know, like five by five shows and stuff like that. And I think it's like four bucks a month to store that up there. You know what I mean? Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's really, 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 maybe it's it's not, it's not feasible for something like podcasts, right? These are, yeah, these are podcasts. And so your downloads? Oh, you're not. I'm is, not serving them directly from S3. That's that going that through, would be very expensive. Okay. Yeah, um, I feel like that's the beef on on. I, I don't know anything about this, but that's what I feel like my friends have said is that it's not where you would put stuff that's going to get downloaded. Right. That's exactly right. You do, you do not want to do that because they're what they charge to deliver. I think they're three cents per gig or four cents per gig. Uh, depending on how much you're actually transferring, and you might say, "Oh, three cents per gig!" Like that's who cares? But if you think that most people's podcasts, and this comes from <laughs> serving tens of thousands of uh, podcasts from Fireside, um, th- most people's podcasts are not like forty or fifty megs, like like uh, ours are on this show. Most of them are double that because people are encoding them at. Uh, they're leaving them stereo for some reason. Right. I, I don't know why people would would encode them stereo unless they're like music podcasts. But if there's like 
a few people talking. It does not need to be stereo. You're, you're doubling, essentially doubling the size. And there's lots of other reasons they could be big. But that's what people want to upload, so fine. But, uh, you know, you think about a 50 meg file and how many times that if, if it comes, if you're getting, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 downloads, like you're, you're going you're gonna to get up there really quick and that that's going to cost a lot of money eventually uh serving it from from s3 but for like for storing stuff or if you're storing stuff on on s3 and you've got uh you've got some kind of cdn in front of it then then it's Mm -hmm. very affordable but for like regular people who just want to store files i wish there was some kind of dropbox like integration that used amazon s3 on the back end that that would be special but it doesn't seem to exist. If I'm wrong, please tell me. Uh, I would love to love to to find out. Are you comfortable? So you're going to get a lot of well actuallys. Um, are you comfortable with your spec here? Do you want to do you want to either write or say what your spec for this is? You feel like you've done in it, it clearly enough. In it, yeah. I, I have a feeling you're going to get a lot of well actually. You should just use this, and you're going to be like, well, no, that doesn't really have a good Mac client. All right, all right. So it needs to have it needs to have a native. Mac application. It needs to have Finder integration so that there's no external drive that has to be mounted or a separate program that has to be run in order to access the the data. And yes, I understand that, you know, yes, Dropbox and the others are a system level, but I'm saying to to the user, it should just be there. And when you look at that folder and move a file into or out of the folder or edit one, whatever process syncs that file up with what's on the server uh, or in the cloud, it should just do that. I don't want to have to host or operate any of this infrastructure on my own. That is to say, I don't want a device on my network at home or at work. Um, I, I just want it to be up in in the cloud, and that's and I I I don't use the web interface a lot, but it would be nice to know that one's there should I ever need it. Um, if you want to, if you want to add in um, security and encryption, that would be would be very important to me as well, uh, so that so that the admins of the service aren't able to just get to the data. Dropbox, I think, does do a good job of protecting from that, and uh, and people will say, well, why not, Dan? Why not just use Google Drive? I I like companies with whom I have a a very clear and direct relationship. I like to pay for services that I use and have that be the sum total of the relationship that I have with that company. So um, people would say, well, Google Drive, you can pay for it or it has this. And yes, uh, but I'm I'm just a little leery of of Google services for something like this. So uh, something besides Google Drive. Yeah. It sounds like Box might be pretty close. I think it is. I think it is. I, I, mean, don't, I don't mind that, paying they're, money. They're enterprisey. I mean, UCSF uses them. They must be like pretty okay at yeah. something. No, they're very good. I think they're. I think they're everything we want Dropbox to be. But you just you pay for that. It's not that much, is it? Well, it's it's looking at six sixty bucks a year. If you are, if you don't, if if that's the amount of space, I'm pulling up their pricing page. If all you need is two gigs uh, of file uploads. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's not a lot. It's not a lot. Um, They say they give you 100 gigs of secure storage. And so all I can can understand is that in that month, you can only upload two gigs, but you can store 100. Does that Mm. that seem... Yeah, sort of like like Libsyn. Right, right, right. And the next plan is 15 per month where it's unlimited storage. 
you get a five gig upload limit, but it requires at least three users. So you're committing to a lot more than that. That's their most popular business plan. Hmm. Um, but they have great stuff. They've got two two factor authentication. They've got SSL encryption. They've got mobile access. It, it has the integrated uh, stuff. They've they've got file versioning, which I don't use a lot, but I, I like knowing it's there. Oh God, I love that. <sighs> so, but this one requires three users too. Look at that! I missed that. Yeah. So so you're already spending fifteen bucks. Enterprise. 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 Now, hold on. Let me see. Let me go to the personal plans. Okay. Here's a separate page. I'll put this one in the show notes. You can get 10 gigs of storage. <laughs> How weak is this? 10 gigs of storage, 250 megs of file upload limit. <laughs> then for 10 what? bucks a month, you can get... That's free. That's free, though. That's like, that's like saying you can get a free bank account where you can put as much money in as you want as long as it's not more than $5 a month. Right. And then the personal pro, 10 bucks per month, 100 gigs of storage, 5 gig. Upload limit. And now let me just tell you why uh, why iCloud Drive is so compelling. Besides the fact that it's built into iOS, it's built into macOS. Um, I have 173 gig available out of my 200. I don't even know when I bought that. I don't even know why I have so much. But it, it's something I already have. I already yeah. have it. You know, and it's fast. I uploaded it. I uploaded uh, probably like five gigs. It, it it went very very quickly. So I don't know. I mean, am I am I naive to think that maybe Apple got something right? We'll see. Yeah, it's not my only copy of stuff. Well, I'll be interested. We'll uh, hopefully people will respond and uh, and report back on what they recommend. All righty. Am I being Skippy? No. Backblaze is going a little crazy here. Backblaze. Backblaze. Blackblaze. I Black. really like them. Backblaze. Um, and also, uh, just to piggyback, um, if anybody's got a suggestion, if I'll answer Dan's first, but if anybody has a suggestion, what is the official name of this stupid product? What is the name? Is it Amazon Cloud Drive? Uh, it's not AWS. Yeah, if you, I think I put this in the show notes, but Amazon has Amazon Drive cloud storage. There, it seems like they're positioning this more as backup. They sure are. Okay, but that that is the one that lets you upload your public domain TV shows um, to a an instance of Plex. Oh, right, right. And un, quote unquote unlimited, and how can you say that without saying quote unquote? I mean, um, but they say that's unlimited. I think it's sixty five dollars a year. Mm-hmm. I can't tell because I'm logged in, but I think it's something like that. Um, that's very intriguing, just as a like, just you know, squirt yeah, all sixty stuff bucks up a year. Yep. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it behaves. I don't know if that slowness was purely an expand drive, but if anybody has an expand drive like app. That they like, or tell me what I'm doing wrong with Expand Drive. If there's an app for the Mac that you like for Mac OS for um, getting to Amazon Drive, I'd love to hear about it because the built-in app is poop, and the uh, and Expand Drive, which is great for other things, has been weird for me. I think Expand Drive needs an update. It looks kind of tired. Hmm, this is an interesting problem. I use Dropbox a lot for many, many things. I am deep in that ecosystem. 
You don't think you'd ever just go back? To Dropbox? Yeah. Well, I haven't stopped using it. I still have it. Yeah. Um, You're just actively exploring. I just, you know, it, this is something that I do periodically with the with technologies that I feel are important and Dropbox. Yeah, is, when, when it be, when it becomes too important, you that's when you need to look more than ever. That's right, and you know it's the same thing. Like when when these Macs were announced, uh, after I pre-ordered one, I said, "Well, could could I or would I want to try something else?" So certainly not Windows, but I spend you know three hours a day typing commands into one of the Linux or multiple Linux servers that I manage, and you know I'm very very comfortable using Linux and I've taken an old Mac mini and I installed Ubuntu on it locally and I've used that as a, a machine that I've used here and would I would I be all right doing that would I would I be able to do most if not all of what I do and the answer is yes but the hardware yeah. solutions for it out there and yes I know I don't I know man this is Mac. the year of Linux on the desktop oh God hmm. But, you know, like to me, so I investigated it and the answer was no, it's that's not a better solution for me. It has to be better. Is there something the same as or better than Dropbox out there? And I I'm say it's coming up a little bit short still, but but we'll see. I would love to hear another solution uh, that's out there because I like when there's alternatives because alternatives will make Dropbox better. Alternatives to Dropbox that are competitive in features and competitive in price but, you know, Dropbox is in a really nice position. They can look around and they can say, well, if, if Box had the kind of plans that we offer, then we'd be nervous. But look, they're going after the enterprise. They're not going after regular users. Enterprise. They, yeah. So so we don't have to worry about Box. Well, Amazon, they definitely have the infrastructure, but now nah, we don't have to worry about them because they don't have a good client. There's no Finder integration or syncing. Oh, so forget that. Well, Microsoft OneDrive, question mark? Nope, can't do that. So don't have to worry about OneDrive. Um and I guess that means it's just sort of Windows centric. So what's what's left? iCloud? I mean, I don't know. Google? I'm not doing Google Drive. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Not gonna do it. Not Time will tell. Please go. What's your preferred way of being contacted about this? Would you like to be in uh, in numerous 140 character tweets? Yeah, sure. Go ahead and t- sure. you know send a million tweets. And I'm at Dan Benjamin on Twitter. I'll see it. I'm also at Dan Benjamin. Should we? Yes, you are. Should we do a hashtag for this so that that way I can? Nope. No? Oh, sure, sure. Uh, how about uh, Danbox? <laughs> Great. Hashtag Danbox. That way I'll Hashtag see. Danbox. Thank you. Yeah, tell me what you use and what I should, what I should look at. Expand Hash brown, drive. no filter. Expand drive. Expand drive. That All was, right, good enough. Yeah, that's scary. Let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.